Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, say Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Remember that show? Welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> if you don't, it means you're really young. And if you're if you do, then you're just cool like me. Welcome back, Cotta. <sighs> Welcome back. Happy belated everything. <laughs> Happy belated horrible failure attempt to impeach our president for the second time. Uh, what else happened last week? I'll be honest with you guys. I don't really keep up with what the Democrats are doing or the Republicans at this point. I am so busy with kingdom work that I do not have time to keep up with the shenanigans on the left or the right. And they're equally as compromised, in my humble opinion, at this point. You guys know how I feel about that. So, but I do know that every time I say circle back, (laughs) one of my conference calls, someone makes fun of me. (laughs) So from what I understand, we do not have a, a, an altogether competent press secretary in whatever this is we're watching unfold in the way of a straw administration. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, many of you want answers. You demand answers of me. I understand. I get it. I get it. I really do. I don't have all the answers. If you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that what I've just said is absolute gospel. It's the truth. It's the good news. The good news is you're going to have to look for other outlets at, at other outlets as, as well. You should trusted sources for information. And I'm going to tell you why I'm saying that. I'm saying that strategically because something you don't know, and maybe some of you do, but it's still kind of hard for you to understand how it's happened. And that, and actually that's very intentional. I was on a really cool call today with someone who reminded me that the human's penchant for curiosity has been all but robbed of us. You guys know I've been saying this for the past five years, probably more like three, whenever Facebook started messing with my audiences and they would kick me off. And eventually it, it led to the expulsion of my entire account, my daughter's entire childhood years, right? Proms, homecoming, sickness, all of God's testimonies. I have to be honest with you. That's really what did it for me because it was a place for me to glorify God through our lives because we had been so poor and come through so much. Well, I mean, I say like we're so poor, like we live under a bridge. I mean, relatively speaking, it's kind of bad when you have to like, you know, jack the electricity from your neighbor with her permission, but just to keep, you know, a fan on in your house. And that's just one of our stories <laughs> or when our transmission god is so good (laughs) y'all just reminded me excuse me i have a little bit of a a cough no it's not the rona (laughs) so it's allergies i guess he reminds me of this time thank you father (laughs) where speaking of relative poverty right people thought i was such a diva because i drove a white bmw it was literally like a 1993, if that. It probably, actually, I think it was like a, it was, it was like a 91, actually. A 91 
325i. My husband was so proud of that thing. We couldn't afford that thing any more than a man on the moon, but boy, he was looking sharp. He was looking sharp driving to the driving to his job, right? And he loved some flashy stuff. And this was his flashy thing, honey. Like he just loved his BMW. And <clears throat> excuse me, I was driving a Jeep because I'm just, you know, I'm a little rugged. And um, <laughs> so I it was a running joke between us that he was the diva of the relationship. And um, nevertheless, when when he passed and we lost all of our money through a number of nefarious means of deceit on behalf of the enemy. Um, excuse me. I ended up, this is so good. This is so good. Thank you, father. This is so good. So I end up with two cars. I have an Isuzu trooper because I dumped the Jeep because, you know, I had a baby. The Jeep was just uncomfortable. So I got an Isuzu trooper and we had the BMW. The BMW was paid for. So, you know, I'm a little bit of a businesswoman. And I love things that are paid for in cash. I hate having debt unless it's strategic debt. And even that, I'm like, mm, that's kind of a lure of the enemy. Just get rid of it. Oh, no one anything is what the Bible says other than love. Amen. On the heels of love day yesterday, and our father is love. There's a message for someone. If you're in debt up to your eyeballs, that is not godly. And listen, I don't say that for my glass house because I've had to deal with multitude of times of dealing with debt. Nevertheless, um, we have this Isuzu Trooper and I just, I can't make the payments, but I'm going to drive that thing till the wheels fall off. And so I, I thought I'd be clever. This is so either ghetto or just total hick. I can't decide which I'll let you be the judge. But we're still living in our starter home, which I raised my daughter in. I lived in until three years ago, actually. We lived in that thing for 24 years, and it served every purpose, every holiday, every death, every birth, every wedding. I got married in the house. It was the house, okay? But we're in a starter community. So it's not altogether um, outside of the realm of possibilities that my neighbors may or may not play very loud Mexican music uh, Latina music on Saturday mornings, right? Complete with live animals that may or may not be prepared for slaughter in the backyards because they're going to be grilled that day. Uh, we may or may not live in a gang infested area, but it was still, you know, nice starter homes may or may not, you know, live in the United Nations. And so, and I loved my neighbors, love my neighborhood getting a little shady by the time we left. Not gonna lie. Nevertheless, I, I hid. I thought I could hide from the repo guy. <laughs> so I'm like, they keep sending me letters. We're coming to get it. I'm like, well, you're going to have to find it. And I didn't have room in my garage. So I would, I actually, I did. And I kept the BMW in the garage because, you know, that's what you do. So I would hide that thing on my back porch. Don't you dare judge me. I drove it in between our houses and we had like beautiful sod, like, you know, yard of the month, even living in the hood. Uh, Cause some things are important. I am German. A nice manicured lawn was important, but I would drive my Suzu trooper through the middle of our homes, mine and my neighbors. And I would, and I drive up on that little concrete crappy slab that we had called a porch, a patio it wasn't a porch. It was just a slab patio. Right. And I'm like, if you can find it, you can take it. So my neighbors, again, you know, not uncommon to see, may or may not see th some things up on cinder blocks in our neighborhood. So this was like, this, this was not out of the ordinary. Okay. And then one day the reaper, the repo guy got me and I thought, you know what? I know he's common. I don't know if you've ever had anything repossessed. But it's extraordinarily demoralizing. I just had to make some really hard decisions between keeping the lights on, food in my fridge, and taking care of my baby or making that car note. And instead, I couldn't sell it. I tried. I wasn't getting any nibbles on that thing. And so um, I was like, well, I've always got the BMW. <laughs> so, so the car goes away. 
the trooper goes away, I feel like a complete loser on every level possible. And I had to get over that. And so I just drove the BMW till the wheels fell off. And and God provided, right? Well, we had a car sitting in the garage. So, and I'm just, you know, I've just come to the Lord. I'm like 29 years old. 9-11 is about to hit or either it just did. Um, we lost all of our money. Yes, it was right there at 9-11. Lost all of our money. I mean, it was just a, a just a crap storm. It was horrible. Just awful times. But it was it was some of the best times, too, because God was so faithful. Oh, man. He never let us down. I would let us down. Like, I would make really dumb choices. But, but actually, I was reaping from the choices I had made before. I was reaping some of the choices, the fruit of some of the choices that I had made before financially and otherwise. And so with that, uh, I'm going to draw our attention to Romans 8. I prayed before I came on today. But, you know, what should I talk about? The impeachment? You know, what's important to you guys? I was like, well, actually, let me start at the top of the food chain. What's important to God? Because whatever's important to God is ultimately going to feed you. It is going to serve to liberate you because that's who he is. And because that is his first priority. His first purpose is people, and his first priority, as far as I'm concerned, is liberty. And I know that because he sent his only begotten son here to liberate all of us. So what I'm telling you is scriptural. But Romans 8, I want to read Romans 8, 5 through 28. Before I get to that, so my, my story about the the BMW People assumed for so long that I was just such a diva because I, you know, I'm like, y'all, it's paid for. Get over yourselves. And the reason I'm laughing is because the Lord just reminded me of when our transmission went out. Finally, I was in full-time ministry. My daughter was at death's door. She was very sick with ulcerative colitis, and she was in like the 10th percentile of extreme cases of ulcerative colitis. So we'd been in and out of the hospital. I mean, we'd... You name it, we did it. Short of like leech therapy, we tried it all. Okay, we did Eastern, Western, Southern, Northern, Southwest, Alabamian. I mean, you name it, we tried, you know, every, we were praying to the East, to the West, to the whatever. Ultimately, the Lord got a hold of me and through my faithful friend and my one of my spiritual mamas. I have a lot of those, by the way, and because um, they're important. You should too. Surround yourself with godly people who are wiser than you, your elders are important. We're never too big for our britches where our spiritual elders are concerned. And sometimes our elders are younger. Don't get it twisted. But this lady directed my attention to a ministry that ultimately taught me most of what I know now, and the Lord expounds upon that daily through new believers, unbelievers, His Word. I mean, you name it. He has built a solid foundation in my spirit life for me to understand my enemy, who my enemy is, who my enemy isn't, uh, God's love for me, understanding the power in walking in the love of God, the wisdom, the truth, the knowledge, the freedom, the discipline of God. As as one of the wisest men I know likes to say, you know, he bumps you. That, that's really important. Um, but our transmission went out on the BMW as I was going into full-time ministry. And I'm living in this little dinky town south of Atlanta. Like, in, it's not really South Georgia. It's more like middle Georgia. But, um, and we're talking about demons and all kinds of spiritual stuff. People in the town think we're nuts. They think we're part of some kind of a water cooler cult. They don't Kool-Aid cult, you know. They don't know what's going on over there, but we're a bunch of weirdos. And people from all over the world came to this ministry and still do, I actually. Um, and they go out to the entire world talking about the spiritual roots of diseases. As you can imagine, I mean, we saw it. We saw it all. Everything from demonics to, you know, people who were just bound by stinking thinking, false beliefs, uh, bad fruit that was finally yielding from years of walking after the flesh and not the spirit. And finally it manifested physically, right? And so we would teach about that. One day my daughter and I left church wearing our white BMW. <laughs> We're going up this mountain 
this beautiful ridge. I like to go sit up and look out over the Tennessee River and oh, so pretty. And um and and all of a sudden my transmission goes out. And I'm like, what the heck? We're sputtering up the hill. Now I'm I'm a little bit of a tomboy, so and I and I like cars, and so I understand a little something about cars, and I love manual transmissions. Thank God, because I knew what to do. So I'm in a BMW that's got like drive, third, second, first, right? So I'm like, okay, drive is like, you know, like we're not going anywhere. Like everybody lean forward. My daughter's like, mom, what the heck is going on? I'm like, well, pretty sure it's her transmission that just hit the crapper. So I just shift, I downshift and just drive the car, you know, like a manual transmission. Don't have a clutch. It is an automatic, but just, I just manually manipulated the transmission. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because I'm not that smart. So, so we drive for like, I don't know, a couple of months, but here's the problem. You just couldn't go in reverse. <laughs> I can hear some of you laughing out loud right now. You can't go in reverse, right? So we pull in every time we go to church, anywhere in the city, I'm like, I got to park strategically so I can drive forward. Otherwise, my daughter would have to get out and push the car in reverse. And when I tell you that's what we did, oh, that's exactly what we did. If I didn't park strategically or someone parked in front of me and I couldn't get out, I'd have to put that sucker in neutral and we'd effectively have to get a running start, jump in the car and go. I mean, we were as broke as a joke, okay? But we were in full-time ministry. I didn't care about my car. I was trying to save my daughter's life, and I knew Jesus was going to be the only person on the planet and off of this planet who could pull that off. Excuse me. So I had to get some knowledge, and I did, and we did. But in the meantime, we were still broke as a joke, but the church rallied. Eventually, I had to humble myself and ask for help, and I did. And boy, God bless our socks off. But let me tell you something about some envious and jealous church folk. I mean, I was like, this is going to bless some of y'all. So, because the prosperity gospels has like effectively just wrecked the gospel of Christ, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's wrecked every pure thing, right? That God wants to give us in the way of our joy, our peace, our freedom. You know, not walking after the flesh, walking after the spirit. Prosperity in the sense of you know, even in the word it says, you know, above all things, I wish that your you know your soul prospers and your health does as well. You know, that you're in health, right? That you prosper. Abraham was not as broke as a joke. He just wasn't. He had the cattle on a thousand hills. I mean, he. it's, come on. We're so scared of wealth. We're, we're scared of it because we've been taught that it's really difficult for someone to enter into the kingdom of heaven, see it, much less touch it, taste it, feel it, walk in it. Whenever you're rich, and you're just taken away by the cares of this world. It's very difficult. And for some of us who aren't rich or wealthy, it's still really difficult not to be taken taken away by the cares of this world. But I'm going to tell you, I got up and was so, when I was like, hey, I just, I'm trying to raise some money. I'm going to sell my little crabby car that doesn't work in reverse. <laughs> And it's all going to be good. I don't really care what I have at this point. I just want something to get me and my daughter from A to B and maybe back and forth to Atlanta sometimes. But I'd just be really grateful for anything you guys could do to help. And the pastor chimed in. And I mean, it was very humbling. I'm a woman who's worked for everything I've had since I was 15. I lied about my age to get my first job, for God's sakes. Wear those awful polyester britches at Burger King and flirt with the boys in the drive-thru. So, you know. But I had things to buy. I mean, my parents effectively said, hey, you're 15, buy your own stuff. It was rough, but it was really good for my soul. I'm not going to lie because I'm a hard, hard worker. And I do a lot of things for free. But that's because I know God's return is is exponential. I cannot outgive him. I cannot outlabor him. I cannot outwork him. I can't outgive him. You can't either. It's impossible. Because that's who he is. He is literally generosity. He is literally abundance. He is literally prosperity. He lacks nothing, and neither do you. He said, ask in my name whatever you ask in my name. Some of y'all don't know that God's 
will for you is to prosper in every area of your lives as your soul prospers. That is the predicate. That that is the that's the that's the godly order of you prospering that your soul prospers first. If your soul's not prospering, you're walking down the wrong road. And you know it. I don't have to preach it. You know it. And I know it when I do it. But he made me laugh at the beginning of this conversation because (laughs) of just all the things he's brought me through and my daughter. Oh my gosh, the moments of, you know, like I said, we didn't live under a bridge in a box. Some people have it way worse than we did. But when I tell you that I was absolutely humbled in my youth through the end of my 20s, all of my 30s, all of my, most of my 40s until about four. And I'm still humble, but, you know, things started to turn around for me when my daughter went to college and, and she was well enough to go 2,200 miles away from home and I could actually work. I Listen, gentlemen, I know how some of you guys feel because you're out of jobs. You feel like a loser. You feel like you're not fulfilling God's role you know, for you and your family's lives. I I get it. But can I tell you something? Please take it from me. I'm not a man. I cannot relate to you on that level. I won't even pretend to try. But I was raised by a man who never missed a day of work, a day in his life for 25 years at General Motors Corporation. My daddy taught me about the value of working and about the value of being financially independent as a woman. He poured a lot of that into me and it was hard because he made it hard for me sometimes. But I thank God for him now, and I have for years, and I thanked him when he was alive and let him know that he did did right by me. So it was really hard not to be able to work. It was hard for those opportunities to be shut, for the doors to be closed, for other people to beat me to it. Or, you know, many times I felt like the little lame person at the well, right, well, everybody else just runs down to the waters and the angels bypass me and I'm just here with my mat. I'm so feeble, can't walk, you know, which wasn't true. And God's like, "Mm, no, you can sit here and believe that if you want and live under a bridge in a box with your daughter, or you can take my word out and you can believe me and you can test me in, in this one thing particular, and that's tithing. And that's the only place in the Bible where God says, test me. Y'all know that? That's pretty cool. When I read it, I was like, what? It's almost like the first time I read, and God repented. You know, God changed his mind. Because he had had about enough of that whole orgy thing going on down with the uh, golden calf, right? Moses takes everybody out to the desert, and they're like, okay, we're a little tired of the manna. We don't know what's going on. Where's Moses? He's been gone a little too long. He's been up on that mountain. Maybe something ate him. Maybe he said, I'm going back. Maybe he swam back. (laughs) To Babylon, you know, maybe he's, uh, maybe he's going back to Pharaoh. Where'd he go? We're tired. We're bored. You know, what do people do when they get bored? They get into all kinds of business. They usually start following after the flesh. Don't believe me? Go back and read your Bibles. Your Bibles. Go back and read your Bibles of the stories that come out of that. When people get bored, people start losing hope. People start losing faith. And I'm telling y'all, I see that happening right now. And you're going to be tempted to start erecting all kinds of little golden calves. They may not revolve around um, sexuality. They may not revolve around uh, habits or addictions, but I bet you, I bet you they do. Some of them. They could revolve around bad attitudes. They could revolve around doubting, worrying, striving, cursing other people, envying, jealousy, all of that. Those are all works of the, fr- of the flesh. And you're no exception to the rule. This is how the flesh works of human beings. They did it in the desert. We are in the process of doing it ourselves right now. I see it in your emails. I see it in your text messages. Monica, I'm losing hope. Is there even a God? Come on, y'all. Come on. You cannot honestly tell me I don't believe it. I do not believe that your spirits are that weak that you would have a have an election clearly stolen from you. Clearly. I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not an evident an evidence denier. I know what I've seen. So I know our election 
was absolutely unequivocally stolen from us. And I would say that sitting in front of the United States Congress. And most of you know it too. And y'all are like, but where's God? And Trump's gone. And Trump abandoned us. And our military abandoned us. Let me ask y'all something. And I've posed this question to you before. If you don't have the word of God down in your bones, in your marrow, if you're not, if you're not feasting on him, if you're not pursuing him in the Bible daily, daily as a date, as your morning breakfast date, as you're before all the little crazy kids get up and start, you know, making your day fun, that date, your coffee date, your lunch date, your middle of the day date, your evening date, your right before bed date, your get up at five in the morning before, you know, it all goes to all start, life starts again date. If you're not taking the time to stuff the word into your spirit, how in the world are you going to know if you're walking after the spirit of the flesh? You're not. And what happens if our military, just, let's just say, let's just say there's an all-out nuclear holocaust and you're left. There's no church. There's no Democrats or Republicans, black, white, purple, um, you know, communists. Like, you don't even know. Like, there, it's just the world is, our country is decimated. You have no communications. You have no family around you. You might have one other person. What would you do? In what and in whom would you entrust your hope to survive? Would you walk after your flesh to survive? Would you have peace in knowing that, man, this sucks and this is kind of scary. I'm not going to lie. Maybe I did get left behind. I don't know. I know I'd be thinking that. But ultimately, I'd have to pull myself together and know that I know, I know, I know, I know that all those times that my kid had to get out of the car and back my car up, push my car down the street in reverse to get me to, to roll, all the times that I couldn't pay my bills and he came through for me, all the times that I had to humble myself because that was the way, that was the narrow gate. The narrow gate involved me not leaning on my own understanding and asking people for help and feeling like the biggest martyr in the world, the biggest, not even martyr, I felt like such a burden I felt like such a burden. And I hate, I have hated feeling like a burden. I really know, I I don't struggle with that as much anymore because the Lord broke me of that. He broke me like a wild horse. And I do refer to myself as a thoroughbred on more than one occasion because I know I am. And it takes, the Lord is really the only man being entity to ever be able to break me in the sense of he knows me so he loves me and he loves that wildness and that propensity to flee after my flesh he woos me he romances me he bumps me he nudges me sometimes he just you know, feels like life has just whacked me with the staff and the rod that's supposed to comfort me and correct me. And I'm like, ouch. But ultimately, I'm grateful. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I want to encourage you all to stop for a minute as you're freaked out about the 557,000 executive orders that Biden seemingly is stroking across blank pages the thought of you losing your guns and legislation and vaccinations and, you know, all of this craziness. I mean, I just reached out to two people in my state legislature and leadership today to be like, what the hell? What are you guys agreeing to in Senate Bill 46? What are you doing? Vaccinations and vaccination lists and, you know, what's next? You're going to make them mandatory? And you're Republicans? You know, who owns you? Because there's no way you could be liberty-loving, patriotic Christian Americans in the name of conservatism and walk down the path of mandatory vaccinations. Those two are not congruent. You can't fool me, and you're certainly not fooling the better half of 80 million Americans. That's part of shining the light on the cockroaches. And these are people I have absolutely considered friends. Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. 
the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. I'm reading from the NIV, which I don't normally do. But for the sake of interpretation, and I know most of you do, I usually cross-reference between the NIV and the KJV and many others. And because I'm such a poet and I love romantic language, um, it's hard for me to get down with the NIV. But, excuse me, here we go. I'm going to continue. The mind, check this out. This is so good. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. Think about that. I'm sure another interpretation would say rebellious, right? Or stiff-necked. The reason why all those folks died out in the desert wasn't because of the golden calf. God changed his mind because Moses was like, please don't go down there and smite all those people. They're going to call you a liar. They're going to say you brought us out to the desert just to let us die. Give me the Ten Commandments. Let me go back down and have some mercy on us, please. And the Bible says God repented of the evil that he thought to do toward man. And some of y'all know by looking at your own life, and I'll just tell you from my own testimony, because we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, God's mercies are new every morning. It's unequivocally true in my life because there is no rhyme or reason that he shouldn't have just whacked me right off the planet by now from, for all of my rebellion, all of my stiff neck moments. The Bible says they perished in the desert because they refused to enter into his rest. They were wrestling, all right, W-R, E-S-T-L-E, or I-N-G. They were wrestling with God. There it is right there. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. That means you have a bend toward rebellion. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And listen, none of us can do any of this without his mercy and grace. So for those of you who are like, well, I'm trying and I just keep walking after this other stuff. I cannot stop being rebellious. I just keep going back to that thing. For me personally, when I keep doing that, I I continue to say, all right, Father, because here's what happens. If I get into a self and, you know, if I, if I become a self looking ice cream cone of accusation that Satan hands to me every morning, I get up and look at my face in the mirror and I remember what I said or did or didn't do or who I fed or, you know, stepped over or whatever, or, you know, the thoughts I had or the things that I'm, I'm secretly bitter about because I haven't manifested, you know, in my professional life or in this part of my life or whatever, all the stuff, I'm just being real with you guys, my humanity, because that's all I got. And that's all you've got. You don't have a Republican party anymore. Look around. You don't have President Trump up in the White House right this second. Look around. You don't even know what your own military is doing right now. Look around. So the only thing you've got, babies, is our Father. That's all we got. And when we sit in the mirror and look at ourselves and blame ourselves for everything, every second of the day, or we blame others and we blame God, can I tell you what that is? That's walking after the flesh. That is not a spirit in submission to God, and He will absolutely come alongside you and take you from glory to glory as you submit. The Bible says to submit yourself to God and the enemy will flee. But most people say, well, just resist, right? That's the only part of the scripture you hear from a lot of Protestants in this day and age. But but there's a two-part there's a two-part calculation to that equation. First, you have to submit. Then you resist. Then the enemy flees. It doesn't always happen super fast. So when I tell you to resist the lies of the enemy telling you that that Donald Trump has betrayed you, he walked off the field, that our military has too, and that God knows he's forgotten us, if the Lord has forgotten you, and that's what you believe, you are submitting to the devil. You're submitting to lies. There's no other way for me to say that. Resist lies and speak the truth and believe the truth again. If you don't have the truth down inside of you, you won't be able to do that. And I don't know if you've noticed, but your pastors, many of them 
have abandoned the field. They have abandoned you in their pastures. They don't know a prophecy from a, you know, a Dion Warwick 1-800 number. They don't know what to believe. They have assigned witchcraft to the word of God's prophets, and God help them for that. Because that right there is called blaspheming the Holy Spirit, and that's some ground I don't want to tread on. Some of your churches have shut down. Some of your churches are still like, well, you know, send in our tithes. Send in your tithes because we got to keep the buildings open even though no one's coming. You know what God says? Keep that storehouse full. Well, let me ask you something. Do you have a family member whose storehouse is empty? Do you have a neighbor who can't afford their insulin? I don't care if they're Democrat or not. Do you know of a Democrat who can't afford to feed their babies? Or Republican or young or old or people who don't have, they can't afford their car anymore, so their car is gone. The repo guy came to get their car off the back porch like he did mine. Do they need a lift? Do they need food? Do they need groceries? If your pastor is still asking you for money and he's not feeding the flock or he's feeding you lies, I'm going to encourage you to inquire personally of the Lord and have him direct your your resources, your time, your talent, your treasure. Remember that scripture. Test me in this one thing. Bringing those tithes into the storehouse. Test me in this one thing and see if I won't be faithful enough to pour out a blessing so big for you. You won't be able to contain it. Your cup will run over so far. You won't be, you won't know what to do with yourself. And can I tell you something? I am first hand living proof to that. I started tithing when I lost every dime I had. And it was the most counterintuitive thing I'd ever done in my life. Because I was mad. I was like, are you kidding me right now? I literally just said amen to Jesus, and I've got all these, God, you know, just pray to God, and he's going to bless you. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fun. I just lost the only money that we had. Gone. (laughs) And should I sue these guys? Nah, they're going to prison. You know, SEC violations anyway. You know, do I throw good money or no money after bad money? You know, what do I do? Uh, And these guys were dangerous, and the Lord was like, I got you. What? You want me to trust you? I'm still having a hard time believing you didn't just take my husband away from me. I'm 28 years old. I have a baby to raise. I have no husband. I have no money. My parents think I'm nuts because I sound like some kind of a Jesus freak every time I open my mouth. The Orthodox faith kicked me out because they thought I'd heard from the devil because I'm all kinds of Protestant at that point. Oh, you're my child. You know, Satan Satan will visit us as an angel of light. I'm like, okay, I got to go because I'm telling you now, I read the scriptures and I know what they're telling me. They're telling me I'm forgiven. I'm loved. I'm accepted. I am the beloved. I am consecrated unto God. I, he was. He sacrificed himself, his son for me. I am to love. I am to forgive myself and others. That's the gospel. Simple. I'm not to walk after the flesh. I'm to walk after the spirit. Now, I don't know what kind of angel of light is going to come down and tell me that, Father. Don't get me started. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. And pleasing God is is pretty important. And some of you feel like you can't ever do it because you just feel like a perpetual loser. And you know who that is telling you that? That's not God. That's not your father. That's the author of lies because he is here to accuse you because you are God's beautiful, imperfect creation. Onward. Romans 8, we're at Romans 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if needed, the Spirit of God, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Some of you are very frustrated right now because you look around and you see the world as crazy as it is. And, you know, people saying that aborting children at birth is not murder. You see that. I'm going to tell you now, that'll make me cuss in a minute. I mean, I drop a giant F-bomb on Twitter like nobody's business and have to repent after and ask for forgiveness because nothing upsets me more 
than the thought of a child coming out into this world and being stabbed to death. Are you kidding me right now? In any other universe, that's called murder. That's not partial birth abortion or birth abortion. That's not free choice. That's not your, that's not your privacy. That's called murder. That is called robbing someone of their constitutional rights. Because that is a person, as far as I'm concerned. And y'all look around and go, what the heck is going on? The things of the world, the things of the, of the spirit cannot be discerned by the carnal mind. I'm trying to help you guys not be so angry toward people. I, and trust me when I tell you, I am preaching in my own mirror first because I have a really hard time with this. But part of walking after the spirit is understanding that we're not dealing with flesh and blood. And people who do not have the spirit of Christ in them do not belong to Christ. That's not an indictment. That is not an accusation. It's right here. I just read it to you. I didn't write it, but I believe it. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves, that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. There's that strategy in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they have already, what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, here you go. Here's your liberation. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I'm going to read that again. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Before you email me again and ask me what you can do or should be doing, and yes, there is a campaign right now that I am a part of that I want to encourage you to um, engage if you are so led by the Spirit to do. And you can find out all about that on fightback.law. Um and I'll just leave that right there. I'll probably talk a little bit more about that this week. 
um, in subsequent shows. But but before you email me again and say, what do I do, Monica? What can we do? I'm telling you, I prayed before I came on, and this is what I got. Can I tell you something? Something that Lynn says a lot, and I love, I love, love, love it. He talks about this life being but a grain of sand. He likens this life to being but a grain of sand. And I love that because it puts things into perspective in the continuum of eternity as it relates to our joy that we can't even fathom once we cross over into that other realm that's timeless. It has no beginning and it has no end. It is God. It is with God. It is in God. It is all of those things. It's hope. It's joy. It's peace. It's righteousness. It's beautiful. It's beauty. It's unending beauty. It's light. It's safety. It's comfort. It's understanding. It's acceptance. It's it's holiness. It's consecration. It's relationship. It's fellowship. That's what eternity is. And this life, like Lynn Wood says, is but one, is as one grain of sand. It's an important one because everything matters. I say that a lot. People are like, well, no, just keep the first things first. Not everything matters. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. When the Bible says that every idle word we have ever spoken, we will give an account for, that kind of scares me because I talk for a living. (laughs) And I think about that and I'm like, "Hmm, okay, Father, let's, let's do some reconciling before I come see you face to face. Let me, let's clear off some of my accounts, some of my debts (laughs) and the words that I've spoken. Let's get rid of some of those vows I've taken that, you know, I couldn't possibly pay in this life or the next that Satan's holding over my head because he's a legalist and in the heavenly courts, that's how that goes down. I do have an advocate as do you. Jesus Christ is our defense attorney. The word says so, but it's, you know, if you're a, if you're a defense attorney, you know, it helps to have a client who understands, you know, how to be, how to live within the law as much as possible. So if there's an accusation that comes up and when I say law, I'm talking about the law of love. Talking about the law of forgiveness. I'm not talking about trying to keep every jot and tittle of the law, but the Ten Commandments are pretty important. I mean, he says, you keep my commandments, then I live in you and you live in me. Really simple stuff. Very hard to walk out someday. So I am only here to walk with you as your sister during this crucible of a time in our country when the wheat is literally being separated from the chaff. And I'm telling you, there's no reason for you to become chaff. You can choose to say yes to God and to submit to God. Now, others may argue with me that God's already chosen you and he knows who come in, he knows who not, all that. I don't have that book. So my, that's not my place to judge. I have no idea who's going where. I have enough of a time believing that, you know, I'm going. Trust me. So this is my personal stuff I put out here for you so you can know that I'm accessible and we can all relate to each other. And some of you are way beyond me in that. And that's awesome because you encourage me to to take solace and peace in the fact that, you know, you confess it, you believe it, God knows it, he said it, and it's done. But Satan accuses me in very private, specific, personal ways, just like he does you. So I'm just here as your sister to walk through this valley of the shadow of death in our nation right now with you. I need you, you need me. And we're not going to get through this thing without God. I'm just telling you. I don't care if President Trump descends in a, you know, evil can evil suit into the Oval Office and and, you know, body slams Joe Biden in a WWE fashion, you know, and we're all like psych. This has been the biggest wag to the dog moment ever. This spiritually is a moment. There are 12-year-olds hanging themselves across the country because they've lost hope. And you know why? Because they're listening 
to their parents who have lost hope. So the next time you all go to have a conversation that you think your children are not paying attention to, I want to encourage you, they are. They hear and they see everything. I don't care if they're in your womb right now. I don't care if they're little, if they're in a bassinet next to your bed. If they're just learning how to terrorize the house as they lean forward and run into everything because they just took their first steps with their little fists in the air to balance themselves, they take it all in because we are first spirit beings and their little spirits take that stuff in and they grow up and they don't even have a clue as to why they're so afraid of certain things. And you know why? It's because you've been talking about those things ad nauseum since they were little and it made an impression and they weren't able to shake it from their spirits. Yes, that is exactly how sponge like we are as God's beautiful creation as first spirit beings. I'm going to leave you with that. I love you. Please be good to yourself. Be good to your neighbors, beginning in your own mirrors. And you already know how I'm going to end the show because I do it every time. And I thank you so much for purchasing the merchandise. Wear it, wear it, wear it. Like, I, I'm, I'm glad that I, you know, that that's a profit center for me. But more importantly, it's a message I think people really need these days. If you're an American, act like one isn't just a slogan. It's not just a tagline. It's like, what does that even mean? And if, and if God is not at the, at the head of this table, then we are eating in vain. That much I can assure you. Follow me on Telegram, the Monica Matthews. For those of you who are still confused as to why I put up Linwood's posts and echo everything he does, it's because he does not have access to his comments. And I know you guys like to interact with him. So it was really just an act of kindness on my part to give you all a place to, you know, chime in and let know, let Lynn know how you feel about things. And remember to head over to his uh, website or Fightback's website rather at, um, fightbacklaw.com I believe alright we'll talk more about that this week a lot of things going on in that realm too a lot of false accusations we got things some business we need to take care of love you guys have a good night